Hello and welcome to Career Up Now's Socially Distanced Close-Ups Israel Edition. I'm your host, Paul Sandberg, and I'm joined today by Alan Pincus, political consultant for Arsenal Strategic Partnership. So Alan, thanks for joining me today. And do you mind just sharing with me your brief story of how you became a political consultant following your time as Consul General of Israel in New York and Chief of Staff and Policy Advisor to four separate foreign ministers? Well, that you just answered uh, the question, uh, Paul. Uh, you run through a career or a semi-career, it wasn't that long, in public office and diplomacy slash politics. When I say diplomacy slash politics, I mean working with politicians who then became foreign ministers. You get a, a sense, you get a uh, seasoning and you get experience in political consulting, but mostly international relations consulting but also in terms of uh, individual countries and the politics. And once you leave the public office or the public service, you then, you know, you wonder what you're going to do. And and there there, there are several options, one of which you are being pushed into, sort of, and you become a political consultant. It's not always fun. It's not always great. It's not always great money, but sometimes it's great. And that also can be branched out into commercial business relationships because these circles, they're entwined in a way. Sometimes they're they're actually uh, um, one inside the other. So that's how I got there. Mm -hmm. And with the pandemic taking over much of the world, how has that affected the Israeli political realm as well as the commercial realm um, and your ability to do consulting? Well, in terms of how it affected the Israeli political system, the Israeli politics and Israeli business or the Israeli economy, obviously the impact is tremendous. We haven't even seen the apex point of it. It's ongoing. The economy is doing very bad, as it is in the U.S. and in other places in the U.S. throughout the world. Public health-wise, we came out of the first phase very well and then sunk into a very bad second phase. I'm not saying second wave because we still think of it as the first wave of the coronavirus pandemic, but a combination of mismanagement and political maneuvering and coalition considerations that were immaterial and in fact damaging to the management of the uh, pandemic took over whatever good calculations and good policy should have been. And as a result, Israel is not doing well right now, neither politically nor economically. On top of which, we have our own peculiar political issues, a prime minister who's facing three counts of uh, corruption and abuse of power and obstruction of justice allegations in court. The trial begins in January, and we've had three elections in the last 18 months, so that gives you an idea of how uh, tenuous and how unstable the political system is. And the economy obviously is behaving as you would expect when a pandemic basically or essentially shuts it down. The way it affected me is primarily via the limitations, severe limitations of travel. I used to go to the U.S. I think every two months to provide assistance to clients in America or advice assistance in America or Israeli companies who wanted to do business in America and needed some kind of of a compass on how to navigate the U.S. system, the regulatory um, limitations, the legal implications, etc. Yes, some of it can be done the way we're speaking now, via an iPad or a laptop, via Zoom or, or any other 
platform, but it's not the same as meeting people and, and sitting down with them and talking business or having a drink or, or getting to know people and conducting business. I think this affects tens, if not hundreds of millions throughout the world. So I'm not unique in any sense here. Mm -hmm, definitely. And I think it's really interesting that America and Israel right now seem to be facing similar issues, both politically, economically. That is true. That is true. There's, there's, a, there's an analogy to be, made, to be made here. Yeah, definitely. But more broadly, outside of the pandemic, has yeah. there been one teaching moment that you look back on through your journey to where you are now? Yeah, but, uh, and I'll tell you in a, in a moment, but a caveat, if you will, these teaching moments, they vary from one person to another, from one set of circumstances to another. It's sometimes things that should have gone in one direction go in a different direction. It's sometimes good, it's sometimes bad, it's sometimes identical or neutral. So I can't, giving a piece of advice or a teaching moment, as you called it, and say, okay, this should apply to you and to everyone who's going to be listening to this conversation we're having. I would be wrong. It relies heavily on circumstances, on the field or on the business type, that type. It could be politics, it could be marketing, it could be legal. Uh, I mean, whatever your business is. If there's one thing in my field, okay, diplomacy slash politics slash consulting, it's that there are no shortcuts. And you could say that about everything. You work your way up in McDonald's or if you work your way up in uh, politics, it, it's the same piece of advice. But where is the unique aspect in politics and diplomacy? You're not always going to get the chance to move up or to get that coveted position you wanted or that position of influence you, you want, you, you seriously hoped for, unless you're in a position where you're noticed. Meaning you may not get it ever and you may get it on your second, uh, on your second week or third year. You have to position yourself in a way that think of it as in, in Las Vegas terms. Whatever the odds are, you can improve them by being closer to where those decisions need to be made. So my teaching point is that yes, it's always circumstantial. Yes, it's sometimes accidental. You get promoted because someone resigned or you don't get promoted even though you're the best because someone owed someone a favor and you'll never know, or you do know, but there's nothing you could do about it. But if there is one teaching moment that I think anyone in this field of business, politics, diplomacy, government bureaucracy, if you will, you're not always going to get what you want, but you should always be in that area and that circle of people and events where you improve your odds significantly getting there. So, so the teaching moment is position yourself to be in that position. You can't always position yourself to get the job or to get the title or to get the promotion you want, but you can position yourself to be in a position from which you improve your odds seriously and significantly. Mm -hmm. And is there one value that's guided you in your consulting career, uh, whether that be which people you decide to work with or what advice you give them? Yeah, there's several. I mean, I'll, I'll go for, you know, in bullet form. Hey, never lie to whoever you work with, okay? Don't massage them. Don't lubricate them. Don't go around them, not to mention lying to them. Uh, don't do that. It's going to come back and haunt you. Even if you think you can get away with it on smaller things because you're thinking of the greater good, don't. Because once you compromise on the little things, you're going to start compromising on the medium things. And before you know it, you're going to start compromising on the big things. And before you know it, you're going to get yourself a reputation as being untrustworthy or not credible or not reliable because when it works, it's great. But when you fail once, everything comes back to bite you. 
The second thing is always try to see things the way the client wants to see. The client could be a congressman from Kansas or from Connecticut or from Florida. The client could be a company, a firm that does political polling or sells drones or sells protective medical equipment like masks or gloves to run by you something that's more relevant to these days. It doesn't matter what the company is. You have to try and see things. Don't teach people their own profession. Be there to compensate them on, on the things they may not know well or never paid attention to or are too focused on managing their own business to actually notice the importance of. You're not being hired to be the congressman. You're being hired to make him or her the congressman. You're not hired to increase the company's profits and you're not hired to run the company better, even though you're absolutely certain you can. There's a guy who's running for Congress or is an incumbent congressman. There's a guy who's running this company, whatever that company does, makes automobile tires or masks or political polling. Try and be there to strengthen his weak sides. Do not give the impression that you know better than he does how to be a congressman or how to run the company or any department within a company. Mm -hmm. And is there one specific thing, I guess, that you wish you had known before you started your career in politics? No, far from it that I knew everything. Yeah, I did not. And you learn a lot. You have to remember this. You learn a lot from bad people and from good people, almost the same amount. Seeing things the way they should not be done is as helpful as seeing things the way they should be done. You gather experience based on good experiences and bad experiences. You triangulate, you take the bad and you take the good and you know, you think you know what to do and someone who's gonna come after you or uh, with you is gonna think that you're doing things bad and he's going to triangulate and this is basically how it works. And I know you had said earlier that advice is different for everyone, but if a college student or a young professional were moving to Israel, what would be your advice for them to sort of acclimate more into Israeli culture and living? If you come here for ideological reasons, if you come here because this is a new home, if you come here because you don't like the place where you're living, or if you come here because of uh, you followed someone you fell in love with, whatever the circumstances or the reason, do your best to study and learn the country. I mean, there's no easy way to acclimate. How do you acclimate to New York? How do you acclimate to Tokyo? How do you acclimate to Mexico City? Or how do you acclimate to Lviv or Jerusalem for that matter? It's all different, and at the same time, it's the same. Study the society, study the lingo, study cultural codes. Don't think you know better. Don't think you're bringing values with you. On the other hand, you're not under any obligation. And once you're trying to acclimatize it, to acclimate yourself, don't think that you have to absorb everything and be like everyone else. You are who you are. I would say that all in all, the language is very important because when you're an American and you go to live in, say, Holland, the Netherlands, or do you go to live in Italy, you can get by with English in Israel probably better than you can in, in, in many other countries. But a language is more than just a collection of words and syllables and sentences and literature. It's a cultural thing. So don't assume that you'll pick up the language, but you can get by with English. Study the language, whatever the uh, difficulties are, whatever, however much fun people are gonna make out of your accent, they do that everywhere and anywhere anyway. My advice would be learn the language in order to understand and integrate yourself into the culture. Great. Well, that was the uh, last question I had. So thank you again for sharing your story and wisdom for Career of My now. pleasure.